0: Joining me now, my good friend, Master Gardener Barb Lampson. Hey, Barb, how's it going?
1: Hey, Karen, it's going really great. I'll tell you what, that rain that we had—a full one inch—and then we had the cooler, cooler days. Oh, my goodness! I think we had
0: about an inch and a half in our in our rain gauge, and that certainly makes a huge difference because now we're in a stretch now for another uh, ten days or so of dryness. So we really needed that, and we're still very short of rain but that just timing wise and you know a couple weeks ago I planted over 125 hostas and normally I would try and get those in the early spring where I know there's more reliable rain and I've been (laughs) so lucky to have these recent rains just Mm -hmm. timing wise because that could be a disaster but so far they're looking good and I can't tell you how much excited I ordered more of this it's called the cocoa mulch, mulch and yes. it's not the cocoa beans we talked about. Right. It's actually coconut husks, so it's out yeah, of coconuts, right, which is right. a renewable you resource. I
1: think that's the same stuff that they make these fibrous um, uh, pot things with that go inside other pots.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. it, it, yeah. So it, it's it that is. type of idea. But what you do, it comes in nine-pound blocks, you know, because you know how mulch is in the giant bags, right? Sure. And it's a lot, you know, you get <clears> enough for a big area and it. You know, giant stack. Well, these come in nine pound blocks and they're, it's like, they feel like boards. So it's like Mm -hmm. a real piece, a hard piece of wood. And then I stick it in the wheelbarrow. I add five gallons of water and within 15 minutes, poof. It's like watching those little animals, dinosaurs or whatever, you know, they have in those little uh, plastic things and how they expand. Mm -hmm. And so then it expands and you just take your fork and fluff it up. And then I put it around my plants. And the nice thing is it doesn't wash away. It keeps the moisture and keeps the weeds down. And and it's sustainable because, you know, coconut... keep sure, producing. Sure. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I've done wood in the past, but on a slope, the wood seems to wash away. So, of course, So yeah, this right. is something new um, that <clears throat> I've tried, and I'm so far, so good. Yeah. You know,
1: the other thing about it is that, uh, can you imagine all the bags of coconut that we eat and how the husk must have been just thrown away right. and had no value? And so now if people are buying this, all of a sudden there's a market for it. and And that's great for those countries that are uh, producing all these coconuts
0: right yeah because I don't think I don't know that there's a lot of coconut production in the U.S. but I, I don't mean, think so either. but I still you know I'm I'm glad that it right. is sustainable and, and renewable.
1: I wanted to talk a little bit about weeds because there's a lot of them there's there's a lot of them a just, lot of
0: purslane this year
1: oh I, I listen I found a purslane plant it was sort of under, I have two double fences for my peas right. to climb on, which are extraordinary. I have to say they're still growing like crazy. Yeah. And in there, between these two f- fences that they were growing on, was this purslane. It was it it, it was it was beautiful. It was like a. A head of broccoli or something. It was, you know. So it had
0: gotten really big because yeah. normally we pick those before they get that big. Oh, well, yeah.
1: But it had grown that fast because, oh, yeah. you know, I sit on the ground, I crawl along and pull out weeds. I know, I do. And I, I thought maybe I should bring it in today. And I thought that's just too much. Everybody <laughs> know. knows what this stuff looks like. I realized that people. Some people eat that.
0: However, yeah, and some people I love don't. It. Well, I don't either. I, I don't like dandelions. Eating dandelions either. It's just you know right. I I think maybe if I was more into e- experimental foods, which I'm not, I might.
1: We might be. There may be a future. Yeah. We'll do that. But the thing is, I'm sure that that's full of nitrogen, and it should go into your compost pile, providing it's healthy. There's no seeds on it. Disease. Uh, yeah, no disease. Just put it in there, and that should break down really, really fast, and and um, activate your your compost pile. It'll just really do good things for it.
0: You know, one of the best hose to use for little weeds like that when they're coming up is the what they call the hula hoe. Yeah. It's kind of like a rectangle with a hollowed inside, but they've got the blades, and you you push it back and forth, and then both sides have a blade, sure. and you can just chop off all those little weeds at the root before they get big. Of course, if they get too big, you can't use it, but yeah. it's so great because it's so easy and can get you know, a large area in a small amount of time. So sure. the, if you look for a hoe for small weeds... Hula
1: you know, one of the things in my garden, especially, well, both at home and at Good Counsel, is I have enough compost and I get that on really early, as soon as the soil is warm, and that prevents a lot of weeds. So the ones that I have that are a problem um, at home with the perennial flowers, are the we uh, the tree seeds that come oh, up? so many seeds in the flocks, and in they're just so opportunistic,
0: and they're hard to see sometimes because they just they blend are. kind of in, and then by the time I find some, they're getting a little hard to pull.
1: Yes, and I was surprised to find uh, weed seeds underneath the tree seeds underneath the peony bushes. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know they're really dense, and you wouldn't think that in a bush that's so dense that these seeds, but and with very little moisture but there they were and and they had a good they had a good size root because I had to really yank them
0: well a lot of times when you think of those maple helicopters on oh, yeah. you know they're so slim that they can fall down between anything any crack anywhere and i find those everywhere and i also find bunches of of uh, weed trees where the, the squirrels plant them as well. Oh, they do. They and do. They it, do it,
1: it, absolutely. <laughs> you know, the other thing I have for weeds in my garden up at Good Counsel is um, I have sorrel. That's that which little plant that gets a little tiny yellow leaf on it, and if you bite it, it tastes lemony. Hmm. It is a... a it, it, I can't think it, of which one that is. Right now, it's got little tiny seeds on it, and they, they make a... They're not... Um, they, they form
0: a little do they like, look a little like beet leaves in a way? Or is that a different one? You
1: no, know, they look more like they're related to a, uh, uh maybe, um, um, a four-leaf clover. No, not a four-leaf clover, a, um. I can't think of it right now. Okay. But, but but they make a perfect clump. And when they but make... do
0: they have little, they look like little um, three-leaved, um, like a clover leaf in a way? Yes. Oh, yes, I know the ones yeah, with the yeah, yellow and they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah exactly.
1: Right. Okay. And when, when they, they make a seed pod, I guess that's what I want to say. And so very carefully remove those so you get that whole business out of your garden. I wouldn't put that one in my compost pile because I'm sure... They'll recede. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Yeah, so that would be good to get rid of. And then the Other thing I haven't, and I have this mostly in the grass at home, is um, it's a flat plant. Now, what is that? The one that's
0: flat to the ground? Yeah. It's not the Japanese knotweed, is it?
1: No, no, it's not that at all. Well, it'll it will it will come to me <laughs> when I'm not thinking about it. Sure, but um, it,
0: not weed. It's not. That's, weed. that's what, yeah, not weed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and not weed. That also has little seeds on it right now. And that so, has one central, like a, kind of a tap root, and yes. and then it spreads out on the. And then you have to get that whole tap because if you just take right. the leaves off, it'll come back again. And I found that sometimes it can get tough to to pull those out. And they have kind of a milky substance when you pull them too.
1: You know. Um, after a rain like this and it since it's on the lawn i go through and i start pulling oh, them sure. out and i only do so many at a time but you have to take your hands and kind of separate out the grass to follow to get that root to get and the middle then yep if you pull straight up in the air don't pull at an angle because it'll break off but and then you'll get that Badually, out. Usually, yeah but you know surprisingly as often as many years as i've been doing that I don't know if it's making any difference.
0: I know, and I think that, too. I think, well, I, I know I've gotten these before they seeded out, but I guess sometimes there's so many or they're, they're hiding in there. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, well, I guess there's birds and things, yeah. too, that probably sure. poop them out. It
1: does lay on top of the grass. Yes. It does interfere with that, so so that's not at all good. So that's that. Now, so far as insects go, you know, I don't use chemicals. I haven't until yesterday.
0: Uh-oh, what'd you need it
1: on? Um I planted zinnias, and it's a very pretty zinnia. It hasn't bloomed yet, of course, but it has lovely foliage on it. And all of a sudden, it's getting eaten. I—it has the same kind of effect as a Japanese beetle, but I don't think it's that. So,
0: so it just sort of uh, skeletonizes the leaves.
1: No, it doesn't skeletonize them,
0: but it. It'll. It's bites, 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 oh. bites. Um, Wasn't a. It isn't the earwigs, is it? Because I know those sometimes will do that. I haven't seen the earwigs, nah, but I know, whatever but they're it is. Tricky sometimes.
1: And you know, I'm outside a lot. You'd think I would see these things, but right. I don't. So I've been watching this plant, and I decided <laughs> if I don't do something, it can't survive because it's just going to keep eating these leaves so i did some research and i decided that maybe neem oil would be the best thing to use um and
0: i've done neem oil too before and
1: i use the um, the variety i used is safer's neem oil okay and that's a good product and it comes complete with a little book tells you what it's made out of Uh, how to uh, dilute it in water. It cautions you. And it says one of the things that I thought was really important. It says, do not use this product or any other product if you have plants that are stressed. Oh, it, it, you know we know that, and we tell people this yeah. all the time. You know, um, but they're
0: already stressed if there's bugs eating them.
1: Yeah, well, what well, do you yeah. mean from drought and things? Yes, and that? from yeah. drought. Exactly. I mean that's really, and it says uh, weeping or, or or, and these my uh, zinnias are healthy and sure they just erected. got holes in them. Yeah, right. And uh, so it tells you that, and uh, it also. Uh, Uh, tells you how to mix it and and what it's good for. And so I thought, well, you know, I'm watching these plants. And supposedly in the morning, in the early morning, the bees aren't active. But in my yard, I'm active at 6 a.m. I'm in the yard, and so
0: are the bumblebees. So you're talking we might have to do it like in the night almost.
1: Nope. So what I did was... I I lightly sprayed them. I have a okay. sprayer. Lightly, Just just that. Just that one plot. And I was very careful. They didn't spray onto anything else. Then I took an old onion bag and I cut it open so I could spread it out. Okay. And I covered the entire bed so that in case a bumblebee thought he should go investigate that, he won't be able to get oh, in there. Oh,
0: good idea. Because I've got some of that netting things that you can, you know, yeah, let's air and yeah. stuff in, but it, you it covers it to keep right. insects right. off
1: it just made me feel much better about doing this because you know i don't do this so if you ever decide you want a gallon of mixed up neem neem uh, oil just let me know because uh well oh, you tank- got it
0: because i i generally get the bottle where you if if you need it just to sp- the spray bottle is already pre-mixed but it's more expensive that way yeah yeah
1: so, so um one tablespoon makes a gallon. Oh, wow. So just save your gallon jug, empty okay. milk jug, and I will be glad to mix it up for you. Oh, well, that sounds good. Uh, yeah. Hey, yeah.
0: you mentioned stress plants. I got a a question from a listener, Mary, about her tomatoes. She says, I don't know what's going on. And she got tomatoes from Harvey like we did. Mm-hmm. And she um, said they're... It's like they're not forming any fruits or the fruits are falling off or, you know, they're not forming blossoms. And a lot of times that's because of the stress.
1: Yeah. Um, And
0: and I mentioned that to her because she's got raised beds as well. And, you know, they need even watering. And and I admit I'm not the best always to to make sure I keep it even with the weather we've had. So they get very stressed. And also this very even though they love heat, too much can be. Uh, uh, detrimental to them, even them. So she's, um, I said, you know, just hang in there, make sure they're evenly watered, and and, you know, something should develop. You know, I have um, Harvey's plant in a huge bucket or something,
1: planter. It's bigger than a bucket. It's probably, I would say, 25 gallons, and I have that on my trolley, on my you know, hand cart, okay. and I have that bungee cord to, to that. And when when we put it in there, we put it into the porch so it would get sunlight with the doors open on the porch, but it wouldn't get too much. And I, and I left it in there for maybe three weeks and just gradually bringing it out. And sometimes when you have these plants that have gotten really tall like mm-hmm. that and spindly, Um, they just they just can't take all that heat right they really really can't so you have to really be careful with them.
0: Uh, Another thing I'm excited about I had an area in Grant's Lily Garden one of the raised garden beds that I had not planted so I had bare soil and I initially had planned on planting things there but just didn't get time to do it so last weekend or was it this week sometime I planted new vegetables for fall so I planted some radishes I planted some beets. I planted some green beans because they're like 50, 55 Mm -hmm. day uh, maturity, and so uh, I will have some of those and some cucumbers that are um, quicker developing. Because now is the time, you know, some of my other plants are getting done, like my beets are getting done, and so I'm going to have another crop for fall. So I'm really excited, and I know you were talking about doing that as well. And you can do that because. I know we don't have a long season, but there are some things that will ripen within the time frame still that we we have left. Well, you know,
1: uh, our daughter was here from Georgia, and she said, let's go to the farmer's market. And when she saw kohlrabi, she said, oh, mom, we can't raise kohlrabi in all the heat we have. Let's buy some kohlrabi. And so I didn't. She said, I'm going to make these for you for
0: supper. Oh. and yeah, I uh, normally, I don't like kohlrabi. When I was in 4-H as a kid, I grew them because I thought, oh, this is an interesting vegetable. I should try it. And just didn't know what to do well, with you it. You can either
1: cook them or you can just steam them or you can put them on a grilling plate and put them on your grill and you can grill them. You try and make them the same size so they, so they get done at the same time. It doesn't take long. And what I did with those before putting them on this um, grilling plate that I have, um, I dipped them in, in oil. So they wouldn't. So they just brown nicely, and then I turned them over halfway through. Very good. So I went shopping. Do they
0: taste like anything else you're familiar with at all? Because I guess maybe I just didn't know how to fix them before. I mean, did they remind you of anything? They don't have a lot of flavor, but if you
1: ever have a. Uh, one of the white radishes that aren't too strong, they're similar to Mild. that. okay. Yeah, right, similar to that. But I went looking for kohlrabi seed, and I couldn't find any. And I, I was disappointed
0: because well, I... Well, this time of year, it's probably... Uh, yeah, yeah, so
1: i got to remember that for next year. But I do have my bean crop in now. And <clears throat> let me tell you, those beans, I soaked them before I put them in the ground. <clears throat> and the soil was 86 degrees. And you know what, if you have soaked your seeds and uh, and they're starting to puff up, uh, and you put them in in this warm. And you know how heating mats are so good. Sure. Well, I'll tell you what. You don't need one. <laughs> no, right. It, that's that's that they they're moist. They have taken on some moisture, and that little sprout is going to come right out of, out of there. So so do that, and you know what I put up? I put up uh, wire for them to crawl on right away.
0: Now, are these pole beans or just regular beans?
1: These are. I put up pole beans you did. okay. I didn't have a lot of space but i i did have a uh, small enough space and i put about um, about eight plants to crawl up this okay. this con- this thing
0: yeah. yeah i put a bunch in like i said just a, <clears throat> this i guess it was this weekend that i did and for the beans and i've got other beans that sort of got I had problems with the bean beetle that were eating on them. Some
1: people did at the garden, too. Yeah, yeah. So
0: I don't have any beans yet from my earlier crop, but we'll see, though, maybe still.
1: You know, something that's very exciting to me is uh, the broccoli. We took our first head of broccoli yesterday Mm -hmm. and uh, we took pictures of it and sent it around to our kids and our friends and (laughs) that it's the most you couldn't buy a head of broccoli that's this big big. yeah
0: they don't grow them that big it's just marvelous I've been growing those broccoli sprouts and they're purple yeah and so instead of a one head they they do sprouts and they are amazing Barb they are producing so well right now that I've got to start eating more broccoli and Jeff takes them and puts them in the oven now we cut them small just puts a little olive oil on and some seasoning and they are so good
1: yeah. Well, anything like that. I was just, we were talking about that at supper last night. And I said to David, you know, I was never this crazy about vegetables yeah. <laughs> until I started raising them myself. Yeah. You know, my mom, we loved peas. And I should say our peas are still doing great. I made one of the hot dishes that my mom made with peas. And I just, I thought of her, you know. Six kids she had this big garden she'd always take us out in the garden with let her let you eat the peas <clears throat> well <clears throat> some of them but some of them she wanted to bring oh, in sure. but she, and we'd all pull weeds together and we'd all help harvest together we used
0: to do that with our family too it was yeah. the garden was a big deal and <coughs> and especially when the fair was getting close cuz we took <coughs> uh, us kids we took gardening mm-hmm. for uh projects and we would have what was called the the tour a week before we showed at the fair. So we'd have the garden tour and we might have let the weeds grow all summer. Sometimes they were two, three feet high and we'd all be out there weeding and putting big piles of weeds. I mean, yeah, we had right. such a big garden, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was always funny because that, that was always the big thing was like weed, 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 weed. And the mosquitoes at night sure. after milking the cows. So, yeah, it was a good memory. And speaking of fairs, I wanted to mention this week, yes. the Waseca County Free Fair is going on in our area the sherburne county fair is going on and starting on uh, let's see the let's see on saturday uh the wisconsin county fair continues i've seen if there's any ones in our area um, where else? Uh, Wasika? Are you going to the Wasika County I, Fair? W-
1: we're going to Wasika tonight. Um, our Garden Club always has a booth over there, and this year it is edible plants. Oh, and so come on over and see us at the Wasika County Fair next week. I'll be at the Blue Earth County Fair. I was going to mention,
0: the Blue Earth County Fair starts on Thursday, and I know the the Minnesota River Valley Master Gardeners are going to have a booth there, and you and a number of other folks will be there.
1: Yes, well, actually, we have the open class of horticulture. So I'll be there Wednesday when open class, uh, you bring them in, things get placed, and then at 6 o'clock at night, they get judged. So, are you judging? No, I am placing. I'm I'm working with the group setting them up and getting them in the right category. Okay. Yeah. Are you which, entering? Yes, yes, Ooh, yes. What are you going to enter? No, am I entering? Um <clears throat> I'm going to just wait and see if I have something that looks good. That is that spectacular.
0: Um, Well, that's the thing, because it might look spectacular this week, but next week, a Japanese beetle might chew a hole in it. And when you judge those, you look for something that's absolutely perfect. There shouldn't be any uh, bug bites or anything, which sometimes is kind of difficult, and I almost right. think sometimes they should allow, because it's tough, because you don't want to use chemicals either, so no, that's a, no. a really tough thing to to kind of come to terms with, because it has to be perfect. Like when I bring a hosta leaf, if there's one little mark, I mean, you're docked. Right, exactly,
1: and that's the way it should be. What I like about fares is you know, we have to spend so much time in in the uh, horticultural area because I'm making notes, things that look good, things that are blooming now. And let me say, in my garden, Everything is early,
0: much oh, earlier than. Oh, yeah, it and you brought is. in a daylily that I had given you a clump of today, yes. and I know that is actually a couple weeks earlier than it normally blooms. Because usually I have some of those that I'll be able to take to the Nicollet County Fair, which I like to show at. But the Nicollet County Fair is not till the later, uh, kind of mid. August, and they'll be done by then already, and I, sure, I'm usually sure. taking those. So, yeah, you're right. Everything's early because of all that heat.
1: You know, and I was so thrilled to have, I get this one garden catalog, and they just have tons and tons of daylilies, the pictures,
0: the full what company description. What uh, What is this? What company is that? Yeah, oh, just Oh, this is Roots and Rhizones. Okay, yeah, so they yeah, have. And
1: you get that. And we found out this uh, daylily that I got from you is El Desperado, so now and I
0: couldn't remember, yeah, because there's one that you lose the the uh, tags for and you don't remember. And I also gave you one called uh, buttered, buttered popcorn, popcorn, which is a beautiful one as well.
1: Yeah, and and when I saw that one and you said this is buttered popcorn and that was a few years ago, I said, oh my gosh, I love it. It's um uh, it's the first plant that i show people when they come to my yard you can't miss it it's such a bright yellow it it really is and it really does well um uh, on the northeast corner gets the morning sun whereas el desperado it's tucked more on the in deeper shade it it's I have to get a credit. It blooms. You have great color. The plant, the flower itself doesn't get as big. and it Without doesn't, all the
0: sun, yeah. Yeah, and
1: it doesn't clump as much either. But
0: the other thing, the other advantage to that is when you have a little shade sometimes and it doesn't get so much heat, they last a little longer too. Oh, yes. That
1: is so true. I had a plant. It's called, um, and I, I don't know what the genetic name is, but it's the common name is rain lily. Have you ever seen that plant?
0: That's not like the naked lady lily, is it? No, different? it's not. Okay. It's
1: a small, very small bulb, and we mm. always do this uh, plant exchange in Wasika. And this lady brought these rain lilies, and I put them in with my with some ferns I have, and then kind of forgot about them. The foliage came up. It's just a very thin stalk, uh, and then just like that, we got this last rain, and up came these beautiful little trumpeting lilies. Aww. They're pink. They're gorgeous. They lasted about three days, but uh, really, really a nice surprise. That's that's what's so great well, about it. Well, speaking of surprises, gardener. that
0: naked lady uh, that naked lady lily, too, is going to be surprising us, because that's the one that gets all these lush leaves in the spring, and they look maybe kind of like a mix. Sort like of an like, amaryllis. Yeah, yeah. So they get all these beautiful green leaves, but there's no blossom, there's no stem, nothing and then they die off. Yes. And then you think there's nothing there. Like, oh, I killed them, right? And then all of a sudden, like in a, I don't know when it'll start, in a couple of weeks or maybe.
1: Well, with this rain, I expect yeah. there to be shoots coming up yeah. now. Yeah,
0: then there won't be any leaves. It'll just no. be this giant, like, big stalk coming up and all of a sudden you'll have this, just this huge yes. thing of flowers on top, these uh, these uh, called Naked Lady Lilies and it's just, or Mystery Flower Lily is another Both. thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's really really, um amazing plant.
1: You know, the thing about that those bulbs they multiply so fast Mm -hmm. that pretty soon you'll have enough to share with other people right and as a matter of fact i don't know if it's this catalog i have with me today or another one i have at home those bulbs are ten dollars a piece
0: really yeah oh my gosh
1: so i mean can you imagine well, the yeah. funny
0: thing is, a lot of times, I I have know that I've done this. I've planted them in different places, and because they die off, I forget that they're there. Yes. And so then sometimes I think, oh, look, I have a space, and then yeah. I'll, you know, yeah. sometimes plant over them. So
1: I put in a few annuals because I, I had a few spots, and I thought, why is it so barren here? And then I <laughs> digged down, and I found out, Jeez. oh, uh, this why. has got tulips. This, oh, uh, sure. I have to cover this up again. So as long as I had the area exposed i worked in some organic matter and i thought okay sorry to disturb you guys but you know this is good for you so
0: right i was gonna say if anybody wants any of these uh, lilies we're talking about let me know because i'm sure i could give you clumps because they do multiply yes
1: they do Uh, oh my gosh and if they if you need some more um, as soon as mine start coming up, I could do the very same thing. It's yeah. best
0: to divide them in spring, but I mean, if you, you want to put a claim on them, let me know.
1: Well, well, sure, because um, they're they're actually oh, like they're almost dormant at this at this point. So you get the bloom, and then you quick d- take them out, and then let them dry off, and then set them in. Which this is July, and the um, iris are now dormant.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, because they, they go they, into they, this
1: dormant state. Right. And uh so if you're sort of looking kind of like you think, well, what's wrong with them at rain? Why don't they perk up? Well, this is because they're sleeping. They're resting now. I've, is, I've... The
0: same with bleeding hearts. I've seen a lot of people say, like, what happened to my bleeding heart? I just planted it. Some people just bought them like late in the sure. sale because they're done blooming. Right. And, and they'll say, well, it's starting to look like it's dying. Did I kill it? Well, no, it's going dormant to, it to it. It's, yeah. Like you yeah. said, it's resting. So some of those plants do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is so true. That's one of the things you have to find out as a gardener. You, you know, learn. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Right. We've we've all made lots of mistakes, but, you know, one way to to really learn a lot is to go to a fair. See what's, what's blooming in your area, the things that people bring in. Those are good things that would work well in your garden, too. Right. And, and the other thing is, you know, we have the Daylily Society, we have the Hosta Society, we have the Rose Society, North Star Lily, North Star Society. Lily Society, we yes. have all of these different ones. And boy, the, it's so great to belong because you get so much inside information. Well, the
0: best thing I love is they have the plant sales. And if you're a member, you yes. get the early. So, you know, this year I bought yes. a lot of new Hostas that aren't available anywhere else because you remember you have the Access to that. So, if you're a collector, that's a great thing to do. Or if you just want something unique, um, I can't even tell you. And and they do provide such great educational programs.
1: You know, um, at one of our first hosta meetings, they had a drawing for three different hosta plants. And um, David entered his name and they drew his name. And oh, lucky he, And him. he got Sweet Innocence. I have never seen that plant offered any other place. Nice. It's just a really, really nice plant. And I think I'm going to move it this fall into a more prominent place. I think it deserves to be highlighted more rather than being in the background. It's not Terribly big. It's mod, but it's, it's not medium. a medium. Yeah, it's a medium-sized one, but uh, it has great coloring on it and uh, and and great blooms. Do you know that I have a plant that uh, it's an old one. I don't even know what it is. And I was just looking at the blooms, and those. You mean the, a
0: hosta, or uh,
1: yeah, a okay. hosta. Right. And do you know those blooms are really quite extraordinary?
0: There are some that are more, like you said average and then there are some that are quite extraordinary so the ones that aren't very spectacular I have been cutting off because I want the energy to go into Mm -hmm. the leaves and the plant producing but then there's other ones like you said that that have the spectacular fl- flowers right. that just um what you know some are purple some are white some are lavender and it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, and, and the bumblebees um this oh, one they, love those. they just fit. They go right in, you know, they yes. ju- just go right in there and they get their nectar, they get their pollen and then they come back out again and they move to the next one. They are so busy in our yard
0: yes the pollinators are busy in my yards too and i'm really excited about that and we do what we can to try and help the pollinators
1: yeah exactly hey um i've been looking for japanese beetles in my yard I can see the evidence on the leaves in the raspberry patch, but this morning I was out picking. I had I could find five Japanese beetles. So, do they fly in later on in the day? I think
0: they hide. I think they hide in the leaves because I was wondering that too. Because, like at night, out you know, I pick pick as many off, and then somehow in the morning. They're there, yeah. I think yeah. there's some you miss. because
1: Yeah, I don't know where they go. And I think that they
0: also like the hollyhocks. Um, oh, last... yeah, hollyhocks, and they like four o'clocks. I mean, there's a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
1: maybe when I'm in one place, they move on.
0: They probably run away and go to the next plant. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I had my first hardy hibiscus bloom yesterday. Wow. And so excited! I gave it to the gal down, uh, Kim down the hall, because she loves those. And so I'm excited to say that um, they're starting to bloom, and they are the favorite feast for the Japanese beetles. So, oh yes, here we yes. go. All right, thank you, Barbara Always great Thanks, to chat Kim. with you. Yep. We'll be back again next week. Yep. Okay, it is two minutes past ten. You're listening to A Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin. Online at KMSU.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato. Big ideas and real world thinking. 77 degrees here on the campus at Minnesota State University, Mankato. Today's high about 80.